little Nine Inch Nails to start you off on the podcast this week. Trent Reznor, Down In It, from, uh, what album was that from? It was from Pretty Hate Machine, I think. You know, I picked that one because I thought it was appropriate, because uh, the Philadelphia Union nice. also happened to be Down In It. Good right music now. choice, I like down in, uh, down in Last Place. Down In It. Down in it, you could define it in any any number of ways, I guess, couldn't you? But the worst team in MLS right now. Yeah, yeah, and it's a shame because uh, you know three game home stand. He thought they might be able to get something turned around. Kevin Kincaid, Dave Zeitlin, Baxter is here with us for now. Baxter, what's up? I've committed to keeping him in here for now, but we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, it's Thursday. Uh, you'll probably he didn't say the uh, name of our podcast. People need to know. Oh the yeah, okay. branding, branding, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's always soccer uh, in Philadelphia. Kevin Damon sponsored Baxter by Cordell and Cordell. Sponsored by uh, Joe Cordell from Cordell and Cordell. <laughs> and uh, thanks for joining us. As always, a lot to talk about this week. A lot of union stuff. Uh, you know, I think like the last podcast we did. We kind of what did we talk about? Like, didn't we talk about March Madness? Oh man, and, uh, it's, it's all like running together and and other stuff, but. He didn't talk about a win. I know that. <laughs> we didn't talk about a win. No. We and, haven't talked about a win since podcast number there, two or three. Yeah, so. There is no win to talk about this week, but there's a lot of interesting stuff that Jim Curtin said in his press conference on Wednesday. There's a game uh, to analyze and talk about as well. So uh, I guess we can start right there. Portland, 3-1. Talk about Portland. Talk about Jim's job security. I mean, that seems to be the thing right now. Uh, you were down there at the press conference. You talked... And at the Portland press conference, that was an interesting one, too, if you want to talk about that at yeah, all. Yeah, do you want to back up and stuff? Yeah. Well, sure. Um, you know, I asked Jim after the the loss, you know, I said, I think the way I framed it was, hey, you know, there's a portion of the fan base that's calling for a coaching change right now. And uh, Union PR, to their credit, just doing their job, uh, asked for the next question. And Jim uh, sort of cut back, and he said, "No, it's okay. I, you know, I'm a I'm big, big boy. boy. I yeah. can take. I can." Uh, he said that a few times. I'm my big boy. Well, that's appreciated. I mean, it really is because he doesn't. He doesn't have to do that, yeah. and I don't. I don't blame Union PR for doing their job and trying to move it on to the next thing. But uh, no, I mean, to his credit, he took the question and he said, "Well, what did he say? He said it's natural for these things it's to pro happen. Sports. He's fine with it. He said that a lot. He doesn't mind the questions about job security. You have to wonder though if he's on." If he knows something, uh, whether he has a, a longer leash, if him and Ernie have kind of talked it through, because we haven't really talked to Ernie about it. And it seems like, I mean, it seems like he's on pretty solid ground. I mean, just my perception. What's your perception of it? It does seem like that, doesn't yeah. it? It does seem to be that idea that 2016 almost feels like it was the first year of the franchise, and it was kind of a reset button from the Knicks to Kevich years, and they knew that when they brought Jim in, those first two years maybe forfeit or the first year and a half, right? Because he's 35 years old. He's he's working with these losers. Um, and I, I don't know. Maybe they see that as, as, a, as, a, as a, you know, this is when it really starts, when Ernie comes in, you know, and this is yeah. where the evaluation begins. But, I mean, the facts are the facts. He's had longer time than John Hackworth and Peter Novak, and he has a losing record. Right. Um, you know, they yeah. haven't won in 13 games or something. So I'm – yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting to think about uh, kind of past um, firings. We were both here covering this team for a, a long time now, and uh, Peter Novak was fired in early in the 2012 season. They were off to a terrible start, but the year before they made the playoffs, we learn now that there's more to it than just that yeah. bad start to 2012. Yeah. So then John Hackworth comes in. He does pretty well at the end of 2012. 2013 is a decent year. They kind of overachieved with some young players. He gets off, and then he brings in some good players 
before 2014 with they do Maidan and, and the Noguera and they get off to a terrible start. Yeah. And then he gets fired. So terrible starts have killed two managers. There have been other things. Other factors involved. But, other you know, factors, the funny thing, Jim, now that, now that Jim's you had a couple it. terrible starts, but they were bad to start the 2015 season. 2015. Uh, 2016 was good in, until the end. And now 2017 is a terrible start. So if you look at it, I mean, if you look at past history of managers just at the records, I mean, Jim, you can make a good case for Jim to get fired. Now, do we think he should get fired? That's a whole other thing. Yeah, I just, again, I think it's this, you know, first first thing you mentioned, the, they made the playoffs in 2011, then Novak got fired the year after. Obviously, there's other stuff going on there. But Hack, uh, that 2013 season, I think that's still the most successful season they've had as far as like points. total wins. Yeah, wins yeah. and points. Um, then and he, he got just fired. missed by a couple points playoffs that year, right? Yeah. yeah, and that was just because they couldn't score down the stretch. But, um, yeah, he got fired when they were 3-6-7, and seven, I think, that year. And Novak was 2-7-2 and two, yeah. uh, when he was fired. So they both got about, for Novak, that would be 11. And for yeah. Hack, that would be three, uh, it, yeah, June. It's they interesting, too. I mean, there are fans who want Jim to be fired, to be sure. But in my mind, Hackworth... The boos for Hackworth were there were a lot of them. He seemed pretty unpopular towards the end, and I wrote about it. And Peter Novak was unpopular for like different reasons, I think. So I, I think Curtin's probably, even though fans are upset what's happening, I think he's still the most popular. They coach like him yet. better. Yeah, they did. I guess John Hackworth didn't come off as as that charismatic. Yeah, charismatic, or, or smart. Uh, Peter was kind of an eccentric guy. I mean, Jim has all the right things to him he's from philly he says the right things he's great with fans he, he he's he's great with the media players like him i mean he kind of combines a lot of the, the uh, good aspects of peter and john hackworth but he just has a, to get he it, has to get the results he just has to get it done on the field so i think the next step um you know and i don't i don't like asking a coach to his face that there should be a, a coaching change you know I, I think most writers most sports people most journalists and anything would probably say that that's their least favorite part of the job i mean i yeah. don't i don't get a kick out of saying hey do you think you are doing a shitty job you know that's but but it's it had to be asked you know i mean they haven't won you know five games winless to start this season you know we talked about last season ad nauseum and uh you know some people think that that carries over some people don't uh but even if it doesn't carry over they've still been really poor to start this year so i think the next step of it is if they lose on friday you know, instead of beating the dead horse with Jim, I think you kind of approach Ernie and say, hey, are you willing to, you know, give the vote of confidence here or are you willing to go on the record and say uh, anything one way or the other, uh, one way or the other regarding Jim's job security? And I don't, I don't know if Ernie will, but, um, you know, they seemed very passe and very nonchalant after last year's, um, at last year's end of season press conference. And I felt like the press conference this week was very similar to that. A lot yeah. of complacency, a lot of refusal refusal to change and whatnot um, well there might be a reason why coming into the year they talked a lot about how they want they talked a lot about the academy they talked a lot about how they want this franchise to kind of breed um u.s national team players so i, I think they set goals all for, of whom are playing like future. shit right now right well anyway. yeah so i mean i think they definitely are taking a very a long view of what f this franchise can be and it's not a franchise that's gonna get um, just like huge marquee players. We've known that for a long time. So, um, I mean, I think that's the thing right now. And, but I mean, at some point you have to look at the uh, results of the season and if they're just not winning, I mean, Ernie 
could have a really long view, but he might be forced into a certain odd decision, right? Yeah, and I think the problem is, sorry, I had to get back. Baxter's tangled, <laughs> tangled up in the, okay, move your foot. There you go. Um, that's a warning. I think he, uh, yeah, that's the first caution right there. He, You know what the thing is, is the long view. I think the fear that union fans have is that the long view still isn't going to be good enough that the long view doesn't get you anywhere because it's that the long view doesn't change Jay Sugarman's bank account. The long view doesn't change the fact that you have a coach who's still stubborn tactically and maybe he evolves and maybe he changes. But, you know, you look at Atlanta United put out a, a picture on Twitter the other day of their brand new like training facility right. or whenever it looks just as nice as the thing. thing that it took Philly seven yeah. years to build. So it's I've, I've said other teams have like great um, academies, too. I mean, Philly's has a cool thing with the high school, but other teams could do that in the future like there's nothing like proprietary Wait, there's nothing the to say there's nothing to say that the long view is going to be better or at least on the same page as what Atlanta and Toronto and Seattle and Portland and teams like that are doing i think that's why people are worried about it because it's not they they wonder if the union's best is ever going to be good enough yeah. with the current makeup of the franchise um so let's talk about the shape so US Jim at the press conference this week um whether he would ever uh, kind of move from the uh, four two three one. I mean, because it's such a bad start. I mean, maybe try something new. And I mean, I I personally think good coaches should try um, new things when when things aren't kind of working. But Jim basically said, no, this is our system. We brought people in because of it, um, and he didn't want to change it. So does that show a guy who has a firm belief in something or someone that's too? stubborn maybe to kind that's of, the that's kind those of are the, i mean those are the two ways to look at it right you could say yeah well the guy is committed tactically to, to fighting through this and he's not going to waver from what worked for them at the beginning of last year i mean to his credit it did work they played solid team defense they pressed high you know they were getting cj goals and whatnot and then it failed spectacularly in the second half so let me just read um the quote here i wrote it down let me just turn the damn microphone here um he was uh did george asked him if uh, he would ever, you know, if he would consider playing Simpson and Sapong together. Or was it Tansy? One of them asked it. I can't remember. Sorry. There's always consideration for everything, Curtin said. Everything is open and we'll think and discuss things through. At the same time, we believe in the group. We believe in the formation that we play. We believe in the four-two-three-one. It just takes executing and the guys making their roles as clear as possible. This week, that's something we've stressed, which is getting back to basics. Yeah, there's going to be technical mistakes in the field, and we can live with those. It's just a matter of being brave, everybody executing the role, and things will start to turn our way, and we can get three points. Yeah, I mean, so you look at the quote. I mean, I whether or not he wants to change the shape is one thing or change personnel. I think you have to change kind of something, whether it's uh, your practice routine, whether it's the way you talk to guys, whether it's, you know, just change something, like, just something needs to be changed. That's and he's my admitted, and he's admitted as much that that Alejandro Bedoya is not in his best position. Right. Um, that Anyewu makes Rosenberry play a different way. You know, the second part of it, the second half of it, was actually the most disconcerting to me. And this is the problem that I have. Let me just scroll down here real quick. He said, "Okay, so here, here's the thing." He says. If you totally scrap it now, then all of a sudden there's confusion. And, th- and I asked him kind of like a follow-up. I'm like, what's what's the hesitance to, to change it and do something different? I mean, he suggested in the past that it's too hard to install something on the fly, right? He says, if you totally scrap it now, all of a sudden there's confusion. We still believe in what we're doing. We don't want to make it more complicated for the players. 
We want to have their roles be clear and identify. We recruited players and brought players in based on that system. They're here now because they fit all the traits we see in a Philadelphia Union player in each role. We know we haven't performed exactly how we want to on the field, but we know if we continue to believe in the system we have, we'll get the results that we sometimes deserve. It's early on right now. We've lost three games, and I just lost the damn quote. Well, that that sounds to me like, you know, before the year, Jim and Ernie got together and they're like, here's our plan for uh, for um, 2017. It's early and on I- right now. We lost three games. We've been beaten three times in a 34-game season. Do we sense urgency? Absolutely. We have to fight our way out, and it will be in the system we've chosen to play. Yeah, so it sounds like they have this plan for uh, 2017, which is fine. That's great. But, I mean, you know, Jim always says everyone has a plan until they're punched in the mouth, right? I mean, that's like his go-to Mike well, yeah, Tyson and, quote. And they, and so, they, I mean, they have been punched. They've been continually right. punched in the They've mouth. For, for Yeah, for the better part of going back to August now, however many months that is. And, and so my, having a plan is good, but you kind of need a plan B or a plan C or just slight modifications, whether it's just put – I'll put like a new player in just to get a spark. They need to do something right the, now. The thing that the thing I think that bothers me the most about this and the thing that's most disconcerting is the fact that the idea that changing the shape or doing something different tactically or even just, just adjusting it in the middle of the game is, is like confusing or complicating as if these players can't figure it out. Yeah. I mean, I watched a Toronto team last year that started with a 4-4-2. They played diamond. They played flat for the first half of the year. And then they changed and they switched up to a 3-5-2. Um, and they went to MLS Cup playing three five two, and I know they have Javinko, and I know they have Bradley, I know they have Altidore, but they also have Nick Hagland and Eric Zavaleta playing center back in that system, and they have Drew Moore, uh, MLS lifer, an underrated player who I think is really good, but still they have they have three American like blue collar center backs playing in that system. People are going to tell me that the union don't have the personnel that's good a uh, good enough to play that or to play something else. Orlando started the season playing empty bucket. Now they're playing a diamond. DC is playing a four, one, four, one, their triangle is basically inverted. So, so you're going to tell me the Philadelphia is the only team in the league. They can't have some kind of adjustment. It's too confusing for them. Like Keegan Rosenberry and Fabian Herbers, even though they're 23 years old, they can't figure out a new system. Like it's, it's, it, to me, it's, it's, it would be borderline insulting if I was a player and I was sitting there saying, well, you know, I don't think we, we got to stick to this one system because it's too hard for people to learn this or that, this 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 is not the friggin' Oakland Raiders playbook, you know. Um, I was going to say the Raiders Chip, don't exist. I was going to say that Las uh, the, Vegas Raiders. Uh, well, for two years, two still years yeah. yeah. I was going to say the Chip <laughs> Kelly playbook, but I think there's only like three plays in that one, wasn't there? And he's also terrible. Like the right? sweep, the sweep to Demarco Murray. <laughs> but but well, let me ask does you that not make sense? It, no, I yeah, mean, yeah, it's like sense. it's like you, you're basically saying that the players aren't good enough to to figure something else out or yeah. to install a new system or to play something different. When I saw Atlanta play three different shapes in one game the other night, yeah, I I think that's one way to interpret it. I I wouldn't necessarily go all the way there. I mean, I think Jim was just saying that they don't really want to make the change at this point but if they do have like a week or two of practice i'm sure they can learn it but let me flip it to you do you think a 442 or some variation would be better for this team is does starting jay simpson and cj sapong together like really strike fear into the hearts of no opponents i mean no but i'm going to tell you why they have to do it they have to do it for jim to prove his shade throwing and his assertion that they're just not good enough if he's going to sit here and say, well, you know, um, you know, the players just aren't doing it right now or blah, blah, blah is happening behind the scenes, then put Simpson and Sapong out there. Let it fail miserably. And then the, the fans will say, OK, so Ernie didn't bring in players that were good enough yeah. and Sugarman didn't spend enough money. But yeah. J- Jim's going to go down in flames, you know, sticking to his guns. Yeah. Let, let Put it out there for other people yeah, to see. True. I mean, it's it's. 
that's that's the judgment. It's like you can sit here and say, well, this guy's not ready or this guy's not ready or this guy's not ready, but you absolve yourself of responsibility if you just go ahead and do it and let the fans see it with their own eyes, you know? I mean, I think it comes down to the fact that, you know, most teams have a star striker or a star on number 10 and the union don't have either. Right. They have they brought in a, a, a fourth division English guy as their new striker to compliment a guy who's pretty good, CJ. And uh, Roland Alberg, uh, you know, he's working on his fitness, fitness still. issues. So he's not yeah. the star number 10. He can be good if he gets hot, but he's not a star. Um, so they don't have stars at either of those two positions, and that sets them back. I mean, but those guys cost money. So And it's an, it's an indictment on Jim for him to admit that Bedoya is not playing in his favorite position or his best position, and for Bedoya to agree to that and then still to go out and do it anyway. I mean, you're going to sit there and say, well, Alberg's not ready or blah, 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 or whatever. I mean... I, it, it's some point. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. You just got to put him out there, you know, because the alternative is just square peg and round hole, which which he's been doing for the better part of how many years. And you know, you could sit there and say, yeah, they they probably shouldn't play four four two because they don't have enough. They don't have two strikers that are worth putting on the right. field together, you know, and that's exactly. probably why they play four two three yeah, one to begin with exactly. because they only need one stri- striker, <laughs> you know. And when the roster was recruited with the strength of Barnetta and Noguera and you know the, the midfield, Marisa Du, I guess at a time, you know, you could you could justify why they play it. And there's nothing wrong with the shape. There's nothing wrong with four two three one. I mean, like a ton of teams around the world play it, but it, right now it's just not working. And Jim's gonna go down doing the same damn thing over and over again. That That's going to be the real shame, I think. You know, the fact that I, I think there's no – I think he, he has this idea that, well, if I change it up now, I'm showing – I'm telling everybody that I'm panicking. But you don't have to tell anybody that you're panicking because they know it's bad. You're yeah. already in last place as it is. <laughs> so what are you afraid of showing? What are you afraid of admitting here? They, that corny-ass saying about, you know, the first step to uh, – what like a problem is that you have to it's admit it. You or something. Right. So – I mean, that was. Should we talk about um, about the uh, Portland game at all before we take questions? Um, Is it worth reliving? Yeah, I wanted to mention the Wynaldum thing too, but you and I were sitting there next to each other in the press box, and um, I mean, I don't know. They they played pretty well for the first thirty minutes. Yeah, um, I was actually watching that uh, first half with uh, Tommy and JP. Oh <laughs> yeah, you were doing the story. <laughs> tell, tell, yeah. the, tell the tell well, the. actually kind of Yeah, I'm just uh, kind of following those guys around. They said they've done like almost uh, three thousand. Uh, games together back starting in like espn and like 92 so just kind of talk to those guys about just their like relationship that's cool yeah get a positive little fluffy piece but it'll be fun like those guys are are pretty funny but um just yeah uh watching them with the the game i mean it was actually a great start the first uh 30 minutes you kind of i felt the energy the union were playing well they scored a goal and then as what happens things kind of fell kind of fell home apart from there right yeah they you know, Harris Mandunian came close with a free kick. Um, Baxter, leave that alone. It's a pen. Harris Mandunian came close with a free kick, and he had good service all night. And Richie Marquez got up and headed that down perfectly. And, hey, you get a set piece. You know, maybe that's that's what you need, one of those kind of, uh, you know, a greasy goal, as they would say in ice hockey, to kind of get, get you moving. And, uh, yeah, but, yeah, from there, I mean, then Darlington Nagby comes down and gets too much space. Derek Jones misses a tackle. They score. And then – um you know, Portland starts to kind of find the game a little bit. I don't, I don't even think Portland played that well. No. You know? Um, but there's their Roy game. Miller, <laughs> game-winning goals, first goal get, ever. They, he still got They still got it because he got his head on it, and then it hit uh, Richie. So I guess they oh. they made the uh, kind of, yeah, I don't know. But, uh, 
Yeah, I actually talked to him after the game for a story. It's his uh, first goal. And, you talked uh, to Roy Miller? Yeah, well, he's, he's That's been around. That's got to be like the highlight. He's been around since 2010, as long as the union. Hey, man, for all the shit that we say about Roy Miller, I mean, he played well in that game. Yeah, yeah. and Caleb Porter an... said it's a good signing. I mean, he's filling in for, for uh, Liam Ridgewell. Right, and a little tactical well. thing here, too. I found that quote very interesting because Roy Miller played left back in a four-man defense right. for the Red Bulls. But when he plays with Costa Rica, they play five. Okay. So he plays LCB. In a, in a three-man or a five-man versus playing left back or left center back. So that's why the Timbers had him playing as the left-sided center back in a two-man. So I, I thought that was interesting, and he played better doing so there's that. There's your uh, Roy Miller segment for the day. There's your Roy Miller. Sponsored by yeah. Costa Rica something. Sponsored by Chickies and Peeps. <laughs> um, but, but he um, – yeah, I, I mean – Here's just the the biggest takeaway when I was doing the analysis for the game was that the Union had four shots on goal. One was the Medunian free kick. Then Onyewu, Marquez, and Fabinho got credit for the other ones. The front four of the starters, and the three people that replaced them, seven players in the front four combined for zero shots on goal against a defense of Marco Farfan, Roy Miller, <laughs> Lawrence Olam, and Alvis Powell. Powell, who was, who was great. He's good. And Farfan's um, been good. And Farfan's been as good, a, too. As a high school senior. Would you like to say a Farfan joke right now? Uh, I mean, yeah, so we determined he's the third best Farfan ever to play, or the third most minutes of, <laughs> of a Farfan ever to play. Because <laughs> Jefferson Farfan didn't play, yeah, didn't play yeah. for Schalke back then. That day. was the press box. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they lost to a better team. But anyway. Yeah, um, should we talk about uh, Matt's thing where he said if you if you did a, a draft of everyone on Portland and a union, they probably think. Oh. Uh, you guys were saying Portland would probably get the first, yeah, at least did, four did picks. George, did George was saying if you took all the 22 players who are out on the field right now and yeah. uh, you you drafted them to make a team out of them. Which shows what, the talent discrepancy. How I mean, far how far would you have to go before you picking a union player? And somebody brought up Andre Blake. Yeah, that was me. You know, yeah, you brought it up. <laughs> and uh, But even then. And Jake Gleason probably had a better game than yeah. Andre Blake in this one. Yeah, I, I mean uh, Diego Valeri is number one. Number one, obviously, and he's one of the most talented players in the league. He and then him. I had I picked I think Diego Chara, Diego yeah. Chara number two, right? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, the point is that I mean, as much as we say that the talent has improved uh, for the Union, that if you look around the uh, league, the Union still don't have the the same kind of talent as many of the, they don't. the top teams. Yeah, so. they don't. Um, just real quick on the Wine Autumn thing. Jim, did George pressed him on this yesterday? He said, uh, you know, Fabi- or we're talking about the Fabinho mistake at the end of the game. I, I didn't think Fabi played really that bad for the entirety of the game. You know, Blanco finished with like one shot or something. Um, but yeah, he made the mistake at the end of the game that led to the third goal. A lot of people have been asking us, probably, I'm sure you've been getting this too, about Wine Autumn and like whether he's yeah. ready or Ready or not, or what the hell's going on? If you watch Bethlehem Steel, you know that no, he's not ready. But also the fact that he's behind Ray Gaddis on the depth chart. But here's the thing: it's I don't I don't know if it's necessarily that he's behind Ray Gaddis on the on the depth chart. If you made a pure left back depth chart, but Ray Gaddis, the the ultimate irony of it to me is this: is that the team drafted Ray to play right back. They didn't have a left back, so they played him on the left. So he learned how to play on the left side, even though he wasn't left footed. So that misusage of a player has now turned him into a decent utility backup at both fullback spots, and he's now on the bench versus Wijnaldum, who was signed to push Fabinho. Yeah, I mean, they. I mean, if you look at the signing, I mean, we thought at the time he'd he'd start, and then it. They said he'd battle Fabi for time, and, and and now he he can't even make the eighteen. So I mean, you have to say it's not 
at the best, it was an okay signing. At the worst, it was a terrible signing. And Fafa, I mean, Fafa Pico wasn't in the yeah. 18 for the second straight week. Yeah. So of the signings, Pico, uh, Wijnaldum. Pico Naham. He's not really a signing, but he, he's for the future. He's probably closer. He to hasn't the, made the he's 18 closer yet. Than, yeah. See, I mean, yeah, of all the guys, that, I mean, it was a big offseason. And of all the guys they brought in, only Harris is really... An impact MLS player and Onyewu, go figure. Who's brought Onyewu, in the Yeah, Onyewu has been good, yeah. but he's kind of like a replacement level guy right now for uh, Yarrow. So I mean, they didn't they didn't really upgrade the team as much as we maybe thought they did in the offseason, right? Yeah. Well, anyway, let's go to um, yeah, questions now. Questions. This this segment sponsored by uh, the Kia of Westchester. <laughs> Blue Apron. Oh, Kia Westchester. <laughs> uh, I'm just remembering all my all of the commercials that have. All right. So, what are your uh, restrictions? Mind. Just Moa do questions, right? You no. you only want to talk about Moa. Just look. Okay. I mean, okay. but it's it's he. We, you know, and Curtin's sick of it having him too, because because they said uh, George said any update on Marisa do yesterday? No. That was yeah. That, that was yes, that was interesting. No, that, no he because he told me a couple weeks ago that there was finally like a positive thing, but. uh Obviously not that positive. Yeah, but I, I think Jim knows that. I mean, that could be one reason. If he does lose his job, you could point to to a Moa dude. The second highest paid player. Not playing for playing. a season and a half, yeah. Um, okay, let's see. let's see. From Jason Weintraub, finally time to admit Ali was overpaid for a position he doesn't fit well compared to others in the league making less. Um, I think you do have to compare him to other um, DPs and say that perhaps he he hasn't carrying his weight there, right? It's hard to compare him because he's like a, it's like you paid a million dollars for a glue guy. You know, right. he's just not a guy who's going to take the game by the scruff of the neck and be a playmaker. Who do you even compare him to? Like the other like U S national caliber midfielders who were in like that 800,000 to a million, a million dollar range. I mean, Nagby's not making that much, is he? Right. Yeah. Zussi is playing right back now. I, mean, I don't even know who you compare him to. Yeah. Um, Davis Russell, best case, worst case, most likely outcome for the season. Uh, uh, worst case, they are the worst team in the league, which they are right now. Uh, uh, best case, I'd say they maybe get hot and sneak into the playoffs as like a five, it's like a five or six seed, right? Yeah. Uh, most likely, probably, it's probably a, a not playoff list year. Well, I guess best case isn't is a, a U.S. Open Cup championship, so, right? <laughs> I, I can't, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any? Do you have any comments? To borrow there? a phrase from uh, from my wife, I can't. Yeah, I think okay. women say that. You can't. You can't. You can't generalize like that. I can't even. <laughs> I literally it. can't even right that's now. That's That's what Sarah said. Um, uh, let's see. Joe Beck, is this team going to be operating ten to fifteen years from now? Uh, he says this is a, a serious question. I hope so, because otherwise we wouldn't have a podcast, right? <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I will have built my entire professional career over the shittiest team. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I mean, there are plenty of franchises in pro sports that don't win games. I mean, look at the look at the Knicks or the Timberwolves. Or like, I mean, there are like plenty of teams that don't win. So, well, I mean, by then, maybe the maybe the pro-rel crazies will have uh, gotten yeah. their way. In the so, I, mean, I, I, I think thoughts of the team like folding are, are are kind of silly probably but here's a good one uh from michael gibbons who would you most uh like to see play the number 10 between bedoya alberg and baxter uh does baxter have i mean that kind of vision uh no he doesn't yeah he uh we walked to see we walked. The dog park. he saw that there was a cat standing right across the street there. He, he didn't even he see, it. see it yeah <laughs> <laughs> um how many from anthony grusdas how many um Union players could start for TFC, Portland, or Seattle. That's kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. Yeah, uh, Andre Blake. 
Harris Ke- Medunian. Keegan. Who's playing right back for uh, Toronto, right? Well, they have a wing back. For they one have of them. Betasher. Would you take Keegan Roseberry over Betasher? Yeah, I would. I like Keegan. What was the other team that he mentioned? TFC of Portland or Seattle. I wouldn't take him over Alvis Powell. And who's playing right back for Seattle? Oh, isn't like the new guy yeah. playing right back for them? I can't remember his name, the Swedish dude or something. Or is he playing center back? Joven Jones is on the left. This, I, can't, I can't remember. I don't this is a tangent that we don't have time for. Yeah, we'll go down that avenue <laughs> later. <laughs> well, I should uh, know this. Uh, 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 Danny Bowder, folks like me a bitch about the cheap owners, but would Ernie do do uh, well with a uh, larger uh, salary budget? That's yeah. the, the thing about Ernie. Like he was brought in as this Moneyball guy to find a kind of find diamonds in the rough, and you know Simpson. Uh, uh, Giuliano or guys that kind of would fit that mold, but I mean, so far the returns on on those two, I guess, aren't great. So. Yeah, if you go back and re- I would recommend the two two part story I did about uh, Ernie's transfer business at Azed, and then go back and just look at transfer market and look at what he did with uh, with Breda, um, where Breda he basically had no budget at all, and they just got guys on loan and they brought him up through the academy. Azed he had more to work with, so it, it's with the unit, it's probably going to fall somewhere in between there. Yeah. Uh, a couple questions for one from Anthony, one from uh, uh, Luke McClung. People want to know um, who could replace uh, uh, Jim Curtin. Is there like a list? Um, who would you expect or prefer that we get? Um, you know, Siggy Schmidt, I guess, has been thrown around. I don't think he's. Up. I don't think he's coming to Philly. Um, Gert, uh, Gert Bob Bradley. Jim, Bob Bradley would never come here. <laughs> never uh, Gert, Gert Jan Verbeek was. Um, the AZ coach when Altador was there, who got a lot out of Altador and might understand an American player and would work with Ernie again. Uh, I think he went to Hanover or no, he went, he went to uh, Nuremberg after AZ. And so if you wanted to go the foreign route, uh, those are the, maybe the AZ options he'd have, have there, you know, he'd be the first one. Um, how about Peter Novak? Do you think he'd, he'd be interested? Uh, no, and he's doing pretty well in Poland, actually. He's got Steven Vittoria playing for him over there. Oh, really? Yeah, do you know wow. that? Yeah. He's, com- he's coaching... Uh, Everything comes full circle. Who the hell is he? Co- I can't remember what the team is. Uh, more in the shape. Uh, when will Hulk Union Smash receive his uh, press credentials? Hopefully never. Why? He seems he seems fun. <laughs> who is no, it? I'm cool with Hulk. I don't, I don't, know, who it is. I don't know who it is. <laughs> He'd be like one of the top reporters, probably. Hulk will get uh, uh, sentimental like every so often, and you'll he'll uh, the the parody side of it will subside <laughs> a little bit, and you'll see that there's genuine concern there. Alex Armstrong wants to know what song best describes the um, Union season, and what is your current go-to beer that you recommend for draining my sorrows after Friday's game. I should have prepared for these questions. Oh, I know. Song? I, what's the song? Oh, I think we played it at the beginning of the show, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> Nine Inch Nails. Uh, just, I don't know. What it, you know. The uh, theme song from like Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, something Kirby. depressing, <laughs> like a type, typo negative or something. <laughs> what's what beer? What are we drinking now? Yeah, what are you drinking? Uh, a lot of like girly beers I'm drinking right now. I think okay. you know, I, like, uh, I like a lot what of What makes it. a beer a girly beer? Like fruity, yeah, like flavor, like fruity and stuff. See, like I'm, I'm into I that. At this point in my life, like going to like a party school in in West Virginia of all places, we we drank like a lot of shitty beer. Like you couldn't get like Natty Ice else. or yeah, like Natty and like uh, if you were lucky, somebody would drive up to Pennsylvania and cross the state line and get Yingling and nice. come back. But like you, you had so much crappy beer back then that now I'm into like in the winter I drink a lot of like heavy uh, like you know porters and stuff like that that has flavor in it but in the summer like i like um I like a lot of, like, summer 
It's a good beer. Yeah, but even like stuff that Line of Kugels makes and like the German like wheat beers and stuff like that. Anything that Frankfurt Hall has, like I just I just like drinking stuff with flavor because I've had enough like Heineken light to last me a lifetime. You know? Are you like a Budweiser lime guy? <laughs> I've actually never a even strawberry had strawberry Rita like uh, no, I serve at the Phillies. No, games. not that stuff. But, I, but I like games. I like drinking like like Line of Kugels makes so like the different kinds of like shandies and stuff like that. And you can call me a pussy if you want, but no, I I, I drink the same kind of stuff. We are not real men here in the podcast. Real, yeah, real men of genius. <laughs> um, let's see what else do we have. Uh, Ryan Bilger has a lot. Uh, why do so many players seem to have um, regressed this year? Is there any way this team can be um, competitive with the current ownership group? Could a protest like we did for uh, Nick bring about a sale? What was the first? Uh, 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 why have play, uh, players um, kind of like regressed? Um, oh yeah, I mean they have Pontius Rosenberry's not the same. Fabinho. We kind of said Keegan and Herbers kind of might have the sophomore slump thing, but yeah. uh, I mean Pontius, you know, he's hasn't he hasn't been a consistent player his whole career. Um, they might have regressed because they set such a high standard right. in their first year. They all had the good team, years, yeah. You know, hard to keep that average. Yeah, I mean, it, that's the thing. If the Union expected, you know, Pontius and Keegan to have the same kind of years that they had had last year that could be a, well and i hope pontius, pontius i just have this like d- dangerous feeling that he's going to be the next andrew wenger who keeps getting trotted out there every week to break out of the slump and then <laughs> he's Dave's, due. Uh, dave's i will say he's due chris pontius is due you heard it here first on the podcast uh michael holman what is the position the uh, union uh need to to uh, work on uh the most so i guess it's either striker number 10 striker or- number 10 which it's one? very hard to win games without a good either, <laughs> either one of those. I think getting another striker allows you to not have to use a 10. See, I think people That's kind true. of forget, yeah. like, you don't have to have a 10. That's only a design of the 4-2-3-1. Jason Beccarelli, how is it possible with all the parity in MLS to go so long without a win? <laughs> the union make things possible that you don't play, think. Yeah, play like crap. <laughs> play, play like crap. Uh, here's a pretty good one. Um, does... Does Curtin um, doubling down on the four two three one and oppressor indicate he's been told he has job uh, security to ride it out, or that he doesn't see the uh, bus coming? So yeah, we kind of talked about this. Do you think he kind of knows something that he might be okay? Or oh, it could be yeah, like yeah. he's got a longer lifeline, so he feels like he so, can like, go with it. Like why panic now? I yeah, guess, that's a good thing. that's a good assertion. Yeah. When do we expect uh, Josh Yarrow back, and how much of a difference do you think he will make? Have, have you heard much about Yarrow? Yeah, he's uh, running and cutting and moving pretty well on the field, but Does I Yarrow don't think sp- he's yeah done. I don't think he's in uh, like full training yet. Does he get a spot back? Yeah, really? yeah, you yeah, think he does, right? Absolutely. Scotty, how do you keep fans engaged with this product when everyone in MLS seems to be passing the the uh, union by? I don't know, man. You got. I, I feel <laughs> bad for the. I feel for I, the I ticket do. ticket sales office and Tim McDermott and all the all the people down there who are trying to you know um, polish it. You know, because it's just not. I mean, they're right back to where they were in, in 2015. You know. Yeah. I mean, you were sitting there in a stadium with me. It was like lethargic from the beginning. It did feel like. Uh, you know, there were some booze when when curtain came out. Yeah, yeah. If four four two isn't an, an option, what about Ali? I know what the. Um, right wing he would able to track back and give keegan confidence to uh, go forward your thoughts yeah i mean i you know ilsino had three shots the other day but he doesn't look um you know super impressive either uh fabian herbers maybe you could justify giving him a start uh above 
Il Senior right now, or maybe I would probably put Herbers on the left and uh, put Il Senior on the right and see what happens. And I would take Derek Jones off the field because because people. Why is Derek Jones an automatic? Oh, he's a homegrown. Yeah. You know, he's doing well. It's a nice story. Yeah. Right? But you, he has you, plenty of time. You man. play to win the game, man. <laughs> you play to win. Yeah, he, uh, a twenty-year-old homegrown player doesn't have to be a shoe in for every single starting yeah. eleven. I mean, you could play four-four-two, take him off, and put another striker up there, and at least give it a try. You know, because Jonesy doesn't give you anything going forward. Earl Gardner, what's Dave's take on the uh, gobbler? Is he a heathen like you? Did you write a Wawa column uh, on the no, gobbler? I'm working on like a clickbait Wawa story for <laughs> views right now. It's taking me like three yeah, days. That's just to tell it. people it's clickbait. Well, I think that they're smart enough to know. I, know. Uh, the gob- I haven't had it in a while. So your take is it's, is it's bad? I kind of like it's it. It's just like, is it the just, I don't know. It's like a million freaking it's like the Thanksgiving thing. It's oh, all yeah. like fatty and shit. I, I, you know, it's, I think it just depends if you're a Thanksgiving person, yeah, right? Like I, if you enjoy Thanksgiving. Dinner. I haven't had it in a while, but I think I do yeah, like it. So I am not a heathen like yeah. you. Yeah. What is your favorite Wawa touch screen? I, I haven't had it in a while. Uh, I don't I don't know. Uh, My research for the story involved I used to get me, those, like, like buying, bowls. A, buying a I bunch of those bowls. bowls. Yeah, like, anything, bowls. In a, yeah. anything in a bowl is good, man. That's definitely on the list. Yeah. I'll try to finish it today. Uh, we're finally running out of questions. You, you guys are active today. Um, that's good, man. We want an engaged, uh, uh yeah, only a couple more, uh, Michael Gibbons, who would you most like to see play in a 10 between Bedoya, Albert? Oh, or Baxter. I'm sorry. You asked that. Yeah. Um, you can erase that from the podcast. I got <laughs> tweeted at by Capriotis here because of the Wawa thing. People were like recommending them yeah. instead of, yeah, yeah. I had that. I used to get that. I don't even know where the hell there is. was one. I used to work out in. In um, Westchester, and they, yeah, it was called the Bobby. Is that what people said? Oh yeah, is, are they like a like a? It's, they're it's like, like a the Delaware yeah. sheets or something. No, it's, it's awesome. Oh, they're no, than sheets. It's like it's like a sandwich place. Oh okay, right, right, it's right. really good. Right. Connor, in our lifetime, will we see a soccer stadium in the South Philly sports complex? Would Sugarman ever sell the team? Comcast question mark. Uh <laughs> no, no, yes, and no. I mean, we said before, like what. What incentive would Sugarman have to sell a team? His value is is rising every year. I mean, MLS is getting bigger, and he's just kind of along. Yeah, I mean, he's already made, you know, the exp- and we've talked about this before, but the expansion fee when the union came into the league was 25. Was it 20 or 25? It was 25 yeah, million. Somewhere. 25 million. And now, what, do you have to pay 125 to get into the league? Yeah. So assuming that's, that's flat, I don't yeah. know anything about business, but assuming that... He'd, he'd make uh, well 100% profit would be 50 million for one. He's he's in line to make like four 400% pro- yeah. profit if he sold it today. And I'm watching Kevin try to do math in his head on the. Yeah, podcast. I'm not I'm not a business person. I'm terrible with that. Um, but I mean, I I always like talking to a Sugarman. I know fans are kind of down on him, but he kind of he, he definitely says the right things about the the. the He's an interesting. Complex, guy. He's, yeah. He is an interesting guy, isn't he? You can see his mind working, and Tim McDermott yeah, is the same. Is the same way. Smart, yeah, you can see when you talk to them, like the 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 sort of gears ticking in their head, and they they do have this way that they want things to work, and they've identified this uh, money ball kind of smart business practice. But the question is just whether that's practical or not for the league that they're that they're in. Yeah. You know? So what about a soccer stadium in South Philly? You want to help build one with no, me? No, we said like a million times, man, Washington <laughs> Avenue. Washington yeah. Avenue and Broad Street. But what's going in there? They're building something in there. It's supposed they? to be like a Wegmans complex, but uh, I think that's on hold. There's so. enough shitty property right up the street from me where they could build a stadium, like yeah. on the riverfront here. Yeah, and they probably would have had to build in Philly if they tried to 
to have a team now because now like everyone wants downtown. You know what? It's funny. It's, it's funny because I feel like the Chester thing now is becoming more of an issue than it used to be because I think now that people are worn out on the team, right? Yeah, like part the, of it. they're saying, like, well, we didn't, it? we didn't mind going to Chester a bunch of times if before, but now it's getting worse. Yeah, and it feels I don't know about you, but it feels like every time I drive down there, it feels like it just like takes longer, yeah, longer to get there. Long. It's like just a drain, you know. Although. Uh, uh, Jay wanted to build a, a a train station there, right? He's a he... yeah. I wonder if the SEPTA tracks, if if the, or if the train there tracks, are tracks that are there, there if they're accessible by SEPTA. I mean, because that would solve a lot of problems, you know. All right, last question, Matt Thornton: Who on the Union roster is trade bait, and who can Union trade for inside MLS to improve um, a left back or a ten? Um, who who, mm. who who would the there are so few like MLS for MLS player trades. Yeah, the last two that happened were Kakuta Mane for Tony Chani. I don't, under, I didn't understand that at all. And then Minnesota got Sam Cronin and Mark Birch yeah, for Josh Gatt and Mohamed Saeed. That was a good trade for Minnesota. Both of they those trades those. were lopsided, man. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know who does have trade. Uh, I don't think everybody says Herbers. Ray Gaddis. Ray Gaddis doesn't have trade value. Nah. Fabian might might have trade value. Um, who else is on the bench? McGuire, Elliott. Uh, Yarrow, if they think Gooch Yarrow. is the answer. <laughs> Simpson, nah. I mean, a bunch of guys you just brought in. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know who you trade. Ken, you can't trade Ken Tribbett. Um, we have no answers for you. Sorry, only yeah, questions. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I, no. It's, it's the the nature of like these guys not being around teams for that long makes trades kind of yeah. a weird mechanism. It's also like Ernie things. can look like every country in the entire world to like find players. So like trading is not right. Like you don't have to like be looking at like Jimmy Butler and uh, <laughs> Richard Sherman or something to improve your, t- you know, MLS just has so many different ways you can go with it. But Jimmy, right, is there anything Jimmy else? Butler and Richard Sherman. Yeah. Don't we talk NBA about them on sports radio? NFL, yeah. Um, can you no, tell them I'm, I'm a little down on Philly sports radio right now? Are you? I it's stopped listening. The, it's just the same shit over and over. Uh, listening to podcasts over sports radio was like the greatest decision. I've well, ever I still made in my listen life. to because I know a lot of the the hosts and I like a lot of those guys. I worked with them before, but it's just like, dude, how many more times can Eagles we talk twelve about out? That? Yeah, twelve months a year is the Eagles. Come you on. know, should we trade for Richard Sherman? And also, <laughs> uh, you know, is Alshon Jeffrey poised for a breakout year? Let's get it back to the Eagles. <laughs> Actually, right. let's get it back to uh Yeah, let's wrap this goodbye. thing up. So, yeah. uh, game tomorrow night. You, you, you can listen to this podcast um, on the way. While you're stuck in traffic. When you're sitting on the industrial you're like, Why highway. am I in Chester? When you're, uh, when you're stuck outside the uh, Boeing uh, factory on the industrial highway, you can listen. Passing by the casino you know in the jail. Like, do you know why it sounds like... Um, like brownies down there. Is there like a factory or something like a nurse bakery? I, I smelled it. Okay. All the time. Anyway, uh, I say two, 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 two. Um, I, I'll predict a win. I feel like, like that guy said on the, in the question, there's so much parody in this league. The fact that they've been winless 13 is pretty, is pretty crazy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'll say uh two, one win. All right. Well, you've heard it uh, here first. They're due. They're due. They're due for Chris Pines is due. The union are due. We're due for a good podcast. We are. Yeah. Everyone's due. I don't know if this was a good one, but we're uh, we'll let <laughs> next the fans, time. We'll let the fans decide. All right. Thanks, everybody. Kevin, uh, Dave, and Baxter. It's always soccer and Philly.